Show starts in eight minutes. Yum, yum. In the late 50s and early 60s, station wagons packed with kids in pajamas and moms in hair curlers ventured to edges of towns everywhere. Propped up like an oasis in a desert, gigantic movie screens stuck out of desolate fields. Small nearby concession stands boasted vats of buttered popcorn and paper cups of ice-cold Coca-Cola. A projector would light up, illuminating the screen with ads for hot dogs and candy. The show would start in seven minutes, it would say. show starts in seven minutes. So, piled in with pillows, families, and truck beds full of teenagers, would settle in for a double feature at the drive-in movie theater. Back then, it was the future. In those early days, individual speakers blared the movie's sound into the cars. According to Fort Collins' own Barbara Fleming, a historian and columnist for the Coloradoan, each car became its own little universe. But, as it does, time beat on. And with it came changes. The once family-friendly drive-ins of the 50s and 60s were beat out by airy multi-screen indoor theaters in the 80s and 90s. Towns grew, soon enveloping the quaint drive-ins that used to be at the edge of their limits. Audiences dwindled, development pressures grew, and drive-ins started dying, reduced to rare relics of roadside America. But on the edge of Fort Collins, Colorado, tucked at the base of its foothills, the story went a little bit differently for a drive-in called the Holiday Twin. It's 50 years old this year, you see, and it recently opened for yet another season of double features under the stars. As it ages and its future gets called into question, the community leaps into action, signing petitions and donating money online. People drive from far and wide to go to the Holiday Twin. On a summer weekend night, its two screens are usually packed with cars full of kids. And yes, teenagers in truck beds. No more moms and curlers, though. So why, after all these decades, is the Holiday Twin still around? Why didn't it meet the same fate as the drive-ins that shuttered across the country? Well, that story starts in 1979, when a Utah pilot flew his plane to Fort Collins to see about a drive-in that was for sale. It's a tale of survival, a tale of movie politics, of the fickle nature of trends, the enduring strength of nostalgia. Oh, and of a little movie called Top Gun. Ever heard of it? You're listening to episode 17 of The Way It Was, the history of Fort Collins' favorite holdout, The Holiday Twin. Do you think we can squeeze in with them, or let just do that? What? Or I don't know. What do you mean, let just do just let just do what? Oh, we only have two cars. Yeah. Should we squeeze in there? Next to them. Okay. I think so. (laughs) When I turned into the Holiday Twin Drive-In last week, 
I made a point of switching on my recorder. Natural sound, I thought. This is gonna be great. Well, I ended up with a two-minute recording of my mom and I bickering over how to pull into the spot. But hey, we made it. And around dusk, we settled into a spot in front of screen one for a double feature of Ocean's 8 and Life of the Party. The Holiday Twin, located on Overland Trail, just north of Drake Road, looks like a place frozen in time. The old-timey sign beckons you in, promising movies come rain or starlight. And it has for 50 years. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Built in 1968 as the Starlight Drive-In, the drive-in once sat in the middle of nowhere, Horsetooth to its west, town to its east. Now, after five decades and one name change, neighborhoods border it, with more on the way. The drive-in starts letting people in generally around 6 p.m., with shows starting at dark, a little before 9. Rows and rows of cars file in. People pull out camp chairs or cozy up with blankets and truck beds. So, with my parents in town, I thought there was no better excuse to catch a show. When I mentioned it, they were kind of shocked. A drive-in? What year is it? The last time I went to a drive-in was 45 years ago. It was in Maryland, and... That sounds so staged. Back in the day, you paid by the car. So you used to stuff your friends in the trunk. Yeah, we, we took about... We put people in the trunk. We had about eight people. And mother, you never told your mother you were going to the drive-in. You would just say, I'm going to the movies. And then right. she would ask what you saw. And because you were necking half the time, you okay, had no okay. idea what the movie was. All right. <laughs> Can't use any of this. Thank you. So I decided to keep that little gem in because A, my mom has no filter. And that was one of the only clips I could use. And B, what she was saying is true. Drive-in movie theaters have gone on a journey, y'all. Exploding in the 1950s, drive-in theaters rode the wave of this post-World War II car ownership boom and the culture that formed around it. People ate in their cars with the advent of drive-in restaurants. So hey, why not watch a movie from the comfort of your own vehicle? Like I said earlier, drive-ins allowed their customers a bit more freedom, a come-as-you-are kind of thing. Kids in footy pajamas, crying babies, moms in curlers. Remember, each car was like its own little universe. The privacy of drive-ins also earned them an unsavory reputation. The media dubbed them passion pits. It's where you'd bring a date. We've all seen Greece, you know what I mean. By the 1970s, as the novelty began to fade, some drive-ins started trying to boost sales by playing raunchy B-movies to sell tickets. Times were just getting tough for a lot of drive-ins. Since they made up such a small portion of box office proceeds, film companies treated them as such, and they were generally stuck with lower-tier films, while the glitzy multiplexes nabbed top-run pictures, the real blockbusters. But while that time wasn't a great one for most drive-ins, it also became a turning point for them. Thanks to Wes Webb. I, I mean, I remember, and I'm in my 50s, I remember going to the drive-in as a kid in our town. In fact, he owned it, which is hilarious, isn't it? I know. That's Stephanie Webb, Wes's wife of 21 years and co-owner of the Holiday Twin. She jokes that she married into the drive-in business, 
and now she, Wes, and sons Josh and CJ all have a hand in its seasonal operations. Stephanie is also who's told me some of my favorite stories about the drive-in. After 50 years in business, there are quite a few. And for the Webbs, it started in 1979, when Wes flew his plane to Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, Wes was a, a pilot, private pilot. Uh, he also flew for um, a number of years in the Air National Guard. And um, one of his favorite hobbies was to toot around and buy and sell airplanes when he had the opportunities, which he did quite a bit of. And um, a friend of his um, had gotten him into the drive-in business a number of years before he bought the Holiday Twin and came across a guy who said, you know, I know someone in Fort Collins that wants to sell their drive-in. So Wes hopped in whatever particular airplane he happened to own at that time and flew over here and met with the gentleman that at that time owned the drive-in. And um, the guy said, you know, I'll sell it to you for your airplane. And so Wes made the trade for the drive-in property for that airplane that day and had to actually, uh, I, I believe he either rented a car and flew home or rented a car and drove home or had to get somebody to come pick him up because mm. <laughs> he left his airplane. His, his philosophy um, always had been that uh, he had this vision that, you know, he would buy these large tracts of land in the path of progress, knowing that one day it would be something sold off for development. Mm -hmm. But he also wanted it to make money rather than just sit there. And so drive-ins were sort of an ideal situation for him because he could hire a manager, they could run the theater, they were part-time theater uh, business, a part-time business, but he also knew that they were going to be value, more valuable one day mm -hmm. because of the, you know, 20 acres, a lot. Most of them are over 20 acres. Mm -hmm. And so that's a lot of acreage and always on the edge of progress, town, always so on the edges of town. Yeah. yeah. By the time Stephanie and Wes got married, he owned six drive-ins, including the Holiday Twin and five in Utah. According to Stephanie, in the 80s and 90s, Wes was likely the largest independent drive-in theater owner in the country. But that's not what he was famous for. That story is another good one, and it goes back to 1986. Remember, that was back when drive-ins were competing with, and losing to, big indoor theaters for first-run films. So in the 80s, um, he spent a lot of time trying to build up his businesses, and um, you know he wanted them to run and make money, and uh, so he attended a lot of conventions, and um, things in the industry that help build those relationships and um, the thing that really he's very well known for uh, throughout the drive-in theater world he's famous for it is that in 1986 when the movie Top Gun was released he went to the distributor to Paramount and said give me the movie and that, at that time we weren't playing first-run movies we were playing second-run movies give me the movie and I can outgross um, the the indoor houses mm -hmm. and I always like to tell the story that they made the deal over a martini and a handshake but uh, you know I don't know <laughs> it just seems like that sounds like him they uh, made the deal and and the holiday twin played it and we outgrossed all the other theaters in town and that set the precedent for the film companies themselves to realize that you know drive-ins really can run start playing this first run product mm -hmm. again and so that opened the floodgates but while top gun helped get more drive-ins top run movies there were still other factors at play 
For one, there were these hip new things called VHS tapes, and eventually DVDs. People could rent a movie and watch it at home instead of going out. There were still those big multiplexes. The climate had just changed. There were a lot of drive-ins, there were a lot of indoor houses, things were on VHS, um, and it created a real dive in the market. And that, I think, spurred a large portion of the sale of many of the drive-in theaters because they couldn't survive anymore. And when you can make a lot more money selling a theater uh, to a, a developer than you can ever make in 10 years of running it, it just doesn't make a lot of economic sense for most, most families or most uh, partnerships that owned the theaters back in those days. The Fort Collins area saw this firsthand. The Sunset Drive-In, located for years near Stewart and Stover Streets, was closed by 1981, according to Old City directories. And the Pines Drive-In, which opened in North Loveland in the mid-60s, closed in 1985. I, on my own time, had to learn how to run the projector before they'd hire me to it. So I finally mm-hmm. learned it, and they hired me as the projectionist. And from there on, I worked in the snack bar and wound up assistant manager, and then when they closed, I was the manager. That's Lloyd Marquette. He worked at the Pines Drive-In for nine years, and has since moved to Nebraska. I found Lloyd's name in an old article about the Pines and tracked him down. I wanted to know what it was like working for a drive-in in the late 70s and early 80s. Working the drive-in and bellhopping was the two most favorite jobs I've ever had. Really? Yeah. The Pines was very friendly for a family. Um, I can remember a lot of times, especially on Saturday night, you know, most places, as soon as you get off of work, everybody scatters like, I don't know, like, well, they're gone anyway. But there, they help us stand around and talk and whatnot. And a lot of times, we would break up only when the sun started coming up on a Sunday morning. Lloyd said the Pines owner tried to sell the drive-in, but couldn't. And with declining revenues, he decided to close it. I asked Lloyd if he worked the closing night of the Pines, and he said yes. I asked what it was like, and he said it was just like any other night, which kind of surprised me. You see, more than a decade after the Pines closed, Wes Webb, the Holiday Twins owner, was starting to sell off his Utah drive-ins to developers. And his wife, Stephanie, said the reaction was immense and intense. On closing nights of the sold drive-ins, people would come up to Wes crying, pleading for him to keep them open. Well, that, that I think was an eye-opening experience for him because in the past, you didn't have, he didn't have, when he would sell a drive-in, it wasn't quite as dramatic. People just let it go because there was another one down the street. But when this got to be where there were, he was the only drive-in in that area, um, and then he started to sell them, that was when this, my, I was conceived on the third row, you know, that kind of stuff. And he would just come home and say, I can't take this. So I think that's, you know, really a turning point was we realized the Holiday Twin is special. And he had always said he would keep the last drive-in, and this was it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a real blessing for the people of Fort Collins, because it could have been another town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, but this, like I said, the setting sets this place apart. Right. There are roughly 330 drive-in theaters in the U.S., down from 4,000 during the drive-in boom of the 1950s. And naturally, questions come up about the future of the Holiday Twin. 
A housing development is planned to its south, which once worried Stephanie. A few years ago, when I was writing a story, I remember her telling me the writing was on the wall for the drive-in. But just like the ever-evolving life of drive-ins, that kind of changed. You know, we've looked at um, at that uh, over the last couple of years mm-hmm. as well. And right now our philosophy is if it's not broke, why fix it? Mm-hmm. And um, we're committed to be here. I, I think Fort Collins loves the drive-in mm-hmm. and I would hate to see it go away. Mm-hmm. And I know most people would hate to see it go away. You know, we, we don't want to see three-story apartment buildings here. And I know Fort Collins doesn't want that either. And um, so we're, we're going to make it work. Mm-hmm. We're going to make it work. Yeah. So we, we really, really enjoy what we do. Stephanie said the Holiday Twin has changed things up a bit. It's now offering online ticketing and is hosting more events on the property come fall when drive-in season winds down. But the number one thing she says keeps the drive-in going is people going to it. People loading up their cars, buying a ticket, and settling in for that old-fashioned double feature under the stars. Last week, as I walked down rows of cars and passed the Twins concession stand, using every ounce of willpower I had not to get funnel cake fries, I could see it. I could see why Stephanie said the Holiday twin setting was special. As the sun started to dip behind the foothills, setting the sky a fiery orange, you could hear the sounds of kids playing, teenagers laughing, families spending time together like they used to. And I mean like how they really used to, 50 years ago. Walking by cars with elaborate setups of lawn chairs and couch cushions, I stopped at one. It was a couple with their daughter and her friend. The dad, Brent Hogger, kind of inadvertently summed up why I think people love drive-in theaters and why Fort Collins really loves the Holiday Twin. How long, for like how many years have you been coming oh, to the Holiday Twin? I've been coming here for probably uh, a good, I don't know, I would think 20 years, 20, really? 23, 25 years. Is it, has it changed at all? Not really. It's awesome. Well, that does it for another episode of The Way It Was, a podcast podcast. I hope you all enjoyed this little look back at the Holiday Twin. And if you did like what you heard, please, please, please leave The Way It Was a rating and review on your Apple Podcasts app. It helps people find the podcast and learn a little bit more about our local history. And as always, remember to check back in next month for another episode. Until then... And now, on with the show.